Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. All right, it's good stuff. Yeah. It is the Laugh Podcast. Over there is Mr. Two Frames Ryan Bull. How are you, sir? Howdy. I'm Richard Lusk, the L Train. This is our Summer Movie Challenge. The Laugh Podcast Summer Movie Challenge and Box Office Challenge. Ooh, Summer Movie Preview. This is our Summer Movie Preview. With the challenge at the end. With the challenge at the end. We're going to have a Box Office Challenge at the very end of the show. Kind of excited about that. We played around with the rules from last year. Sometimes I feel like this is the only reason why you do the show is for these Box Office Challenges. And the preview shows. I like this to is our we'll talk fourth or fifth one ever that we've done? I don't know. You mean uh, challenges or previews? Challenges. Ah, oh, over the year. Jeez, I, I don't know. I think this is our third summer one, and we've uh, done a couple. All of I know is who won the last one. That's all I know. <laughs> I can't remember everything else I put in the past. I got Star Wars. You right. can have Danish Girl. Oh, thanks. Danish Girl versus Star Wars. <laughs> so, Shocker! Someone won that one. All right, two weeks from now, big movie of the year, maybe the biggest movie of the year. It's coming out. May the 6th, this is really early for summer movies. Well, I mean, it's starting to be the de rigueur now, right? I mean, uh, some in Hollywood were calling for the start of the summer movie thing back in, what, April? Whenever Batman v Superman came out. Oh, early, early February. Though that seems a bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, well, in a way, this is sort of ridiculous because it's going to set a new standard for all movies uh, all superhero movies, anyway. Probably, this has apparently been voted the number one superhero movie in all of history. By who? Who's seen this? <laughs> A lot of people have seen it already. Hmm? They've talked about how uh, much better Marvel movies are than DC movies, just in terms of how they're going to handle this feud, and then the inevitable comparisons will ensue because it's basically well, the name of the movie is Captain America: Civil War, and it's basically. The battle between Captain America's ideology and Iron Man's ideology vis-a-vis accountability through, uh, I guess, governmental regulations. Mm-hmm. So one guy's on one side, one guy's on the other side. They get some other dudes to fight with them. There's some uh, anger issues. It's a pickup game of superhero <clears throat> fighting. Could be interesting to see how they sort of recruit their peeps for each squad. So I'm a, I'm a bit intrigued. This is not one of my most anticipated movies, but I thought we'd talk about it together because I think that this is your most anticipated movie of at least early May. Yeah. Or, right? Actually, it's not my most anticipated movie of early May. We'll get to that in a second. I am interested to see this movie because there don't appear to be any villains in this from what I've seen of the previews. There are no antagonists. This is just good guys fighting good guys, and this is going to be a departure of them from Batman v Superman that had Lex Luthor in it yeah. and kind of General Zod. Right. And there was some manipulation behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, but there were bad guys in there. This just seems to be good guys against good guys. I think that's going to be interesting from a storytelling standpoint, and one of the things that you can point to most Marvel films and go, where they have a letdown is in their villains. They don't have great villains with the exclusion of Loki, really. And the Mandarin. <laughs> the Mandarin was stupid. Uh, they really haven't been well, good at having. So if you, if the criticism the is you don't have a good, uh, 
villain. Write a story that doesn't need villains. <laughs> that's right. Just have hero versus hero. Yeah, so I think that's kind of interesting. I wonder if that would have worked uh, for Batman v Superman if they had just gotten rid of Lex yeah, Luthor and I all think, that. Well, my idea for Batman v Superman would be to set them up as friends and yeah. then have them have an adversarial uh, sort of conflict, which is kind of what's happened here. I mean, initially with Captain America and Iron Man, you had some interplay that was uh, sort of reflective of two jocks squaring off against each other. Mm -hmm. But then they developed an appreciation for each other's skills and points of view and sort of there was a budding bromance <laughs> through some of the Avengers movies. The ones that I could stand to sit and watch did a pretty good job with that. And I think that because they knew where they were headed with the arc of their relationship, that Marvel that is, they sort of did a really good job of setting up this movie. And you don't have to now go back and try to reestablish the fact that they were friends for you know, Iron Man to have such a crestfallen reaction to the fight that's about to happen. Yeah. And then, so, uh, do you, do you know the Marvel story? I, I know a little bit. I know they had to cut out tons and tons of characters. Apparently in the comic book version of this, you've got dozens upon dozens of superheroes. And wasn't it originally planned to be two movies or maybe in the very early days? I know infinity war, which is the next Avengers movie series. That's going to be two films. Is that carrying on these themes? Uh, probably a little bit of that. And then in a lot of the films, they've been trying to get these stones and gems. I think yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy was the last one that really <laughs> prominently featured one of these stones. And Thanos is trying to get all yeah, the stones um, so he can put them in the Infinity Gauntlet snore, and snore. rule the world or the whole universe. All right. So. All right. Are you willing to uh, bet who's going to win here? The fans. The fans. Yeah, well, will between win. the battle between Captain America and Iron Man, are you willing to take a side? No. You're not going to choose a side. Well, because I don't want to win. How stupid is that? That's like watching the... Uh, I know who's going to lose. Oh, because you know from the comic book who's going to lose. No, I think they're going to have a departure from that. I know from what I've read about certain characters' contract... Or certain movie stars' contract statuses. <laughs> who's not coming back? Uh, that's boring. Yeah. So it's not worth it to try to take a side and have a rooting interest. Like, go in there with your face painted... For one team, or wearing like a jersey of Iron Man, and go yeah, yeah. I don't think this is gonna be like those Twilight <laughs> like movies. That. I don't think we have Team Jacob. It just takes away half of the interesting part of it. You're gonna like sit here and hope for a tie. Oh well, it's like kissing my sister. You're gonna watch the whole movie. It's gonna be a tie. I have an idea of how this is all going Boring. to end, but I don't want to put that in a non-spoiler section. All right, of so the this show. wasn't your most anticipated movie of early spring. No, this isn't even my most anticipated film that's coming out on May sixth. Instead, wow. what I'm looking forward to is a Colin Farrell movie. Ooh. With John C. Riley and Rachel Wise, I'm talking about the Lobster. Okay, what's so interesting about this? Uh, this is a weird dystopian comedy. It takes place in the near future where single people aren't allowed, according to law. If you're single, you get sent to the hotel, mm. where you're given 45 days to find the love of your life, or else you get turned into an animal. Ooh, do you get to choose the animal? You get to choose your animal. Huh. But then you're just like a regular animal. They can shoot you. They can put you in the zoo. They can do whatever. I take it one of these people chooses to be a lobster. Yep. Colin Farrell, apparently his wife starts having an affair and she divorces him. And he's like, this isn't fair. She's like, well, good luck. I'm sure you'll find someone. Oh, and he wow. gets into the hotel. I've seen a clip where another guy at the hotel is giving this speech about going to see his mother. Apparently his parents divorced. 
and his mom got turned into a wolf. And so he goes to the wolf den at the zoo and he watches her every day. Apparently one day he got lonely and just wanted a hug from her. So he hopped the fence. Spoiler, it didn't turn out well for him. (laughs) But he, the speech is given in such a deadpan fashion that I, I'm really excited about it. I, so, I think I can really groove on this humor. So when you become the animal that you chose, you don't realize that you used to be something else. I don't think so. so I mean, there's no a little connection bit, to your previous previous life. Yeah, I think you just go completely huh. feral. From Weird. what I can tell, yeah, it, Ooh, it seems feral very and feral. Yeah, yeah, well, nice. seems very slow, but very funny. Uh, very, yeah, very it seems excited like a about treat. this. This it is definitely an really art house funny. film. <laughs> what, what's, what are the chances this is going to show up around here? I've been waiting for this movie since last fall. I think it went mm-hmm. out all over Europe and mm-hmm. did fairly well. But for whatever reason, they're waiting until Captain America Civil War comes out to put this out. Did you see the director's other movies? Uh, Dogtooth, I think, was one of them. No, I haven't seen Maybe I'll have a whole viewing weekend. Well, he's a, uh, isn't he like Swedish? I think Something like that. Milos Kaskoskuskas. Yargos Lanthimus. Oh, yeah, Yargos Lanthimus. There you go. Yeah, Dog You should watch that in advance. All right. Sounds good. All right. I'm excited about The Lobster. I'm excited about another movie that's coming out May 20th. Okay. The Nice Guys. I think you had this up on your list there, too, somewhere, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to Nice Guys. This is uh, what I would have wanted, I think, what I would have inha- wanted Inherent Vice to be. This is this looks like the movie that I was expecting out of Inherent Vice. Okay. Set in the 1970s in Los Angeles, and it involves uh, down-on-his-luck private eye, so it's sort of a noir take, working with a hired enforcer to investigate the disappearance of a girl and the death of a porn star. Could, can you get anything better than that? Down on his luck, private eye, hired enforcer, porn star. This sounds a lot like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Which was Shane Black's other movie. Oh. Uh, along with Lethal, a lot of the Lethal Weapons, Last Action Hero, and he also wrote Iron Man 3 as a tie-in to uh, the Marvel stuff. Shane Black uh, was uh, started off as a writer, and now he's a director. He also did Last Action Hero. He's going to be the director of The Predator remake. Ooh. And I haven't heard yet, but I bet you Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be in that. I wouldn't be Somewhere. surprised if he had yeah. a cameo. Uh, it has Ryan Gosling as Holland March and Russell Crowe stars as Jackson Healy. Now, they also appeared in the Oscars, I think, in character. Or at least they were presenting together and there was some witty repartee between them that convinced the studio that they could actually pull off these... Uh, well, that the movie might capitalize on their uh, interactions and the, the sort of chemistry between them. So I think it wound up getting a wider release for this film than they had originally imagined. So I think it was originally supposed to come out before the Oscars. Hmm. They put it on the shelf. Crow and uh, Gosling get on the Oscars, they, or maybe the Golden Globes or something. I don't know. They have some witty interplay, and everybody's all excited about this movie. I'm pretty excited about it. Probably my most anticipated movie uh, coming up. I'm Kiss like, Kiss I, Bang Bang is one of the great underrated gems of the last ten years or so. Oh yeah, not a whole lot of people have seen that. Yeah, but it's it's good. This seems to have a lot of that same vibe, kind of an update on film noir, like you mentioned. And then I think Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling are underrated for their comedic chops. 
and they seem to have great chemistry in this from what I've seen in the trailers. Well, it also seems like the character, I haven't seen any of the trailers, but I do see from Hired Enforcer, Russell Crowe, that it's almost like he's reprising his role from um, L.A. Confidential. So any of that kind of stuff, uh, you got me. So Shane Black, Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe, Private Eye, Hired Enforcer, Porn Star. There you go. I hope this doesn't get lost in the shuffle. It could, uh, though, very easily because... Oh, wait a minute. Is that, wait, is there something else coming out that week? May no, 20th? The next weekend, though. Well, that movie got, was The Nice Guys. Though. Yeah, Nice okay. Guys on the 20th. You're just two weeks removed from Captain America Civil War and The Lobster, which, of course, is going to be finding a lot of bots off his buzz, you're sure. Right. Um, and then on the 27th of May, you've got Ed's Men Apocalypse coming out for the Memorial Day weekend. Ooh. I'm very excited. Uh, we have Brian Singer coming back to do his fourth X-Men film. He did the first two, took a couple off, and then came back with Days of Future Past. Ugh. So this is the continuing adventures. This is kind of, I believe, supposed to be the last film that's going to merge the younger storyline with the older storyline. Okay. Because Days of Future Past has taken place before X-Men 1, 2, and 3. Right. And this it's is supposed to be the last big battle. And, okay. Like. Professor X finally goes bald. Oh, okay. So we get to see I can that. appreciate that as a balding man myself. Yeah. And they're going to fight the world's first mutant. <laughs> the in most this. exciting thing that happens in this is go bald. This guy goes bald. Well, I think everyone's w- been waiting for James McElvey to be McElvoy, bald. Yeah. McAvoy. McElvey. Doesn't he do virus stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but they're fighting Apocalypse, who's one of the great villain mutants. Apparently, he can do everything. He has his four. Horseman of the Apocalypse. Olivia mm-hmm. Munn is going to be in this okay. as Psylocke. A lot of people are excited to see her. She's always been a favorite for the fanboys ever since her time on G4 TV. So everyone's real excited to see her in there. Uh, Sophie Turner from Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. She's going to be playing Jean Grey. So people are excited that we may be getting a Dark Phoenix saga after this. Apparently, Jean Grey's a really important mutant for a lot of the X-Men storylines from the 80s and 90s. Some of the best storylines ever. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, a lot of people were afraid this was going to be her last film as Mystique. She recently signed on to do like three or four more X-Men films. Ooh. So there's a lot of female power in this. Uh, you also have Oscar Isaac playing Apocalypse in here. He's one of our favorite actors. Mm, yeah. uh, so the very excited. There yeah. you go. Oh, and, and the Faz is in here too. Michael Fassbender's playing Magneto. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is the last one he signed up to do. So <laughs> get your Faz while you can. <laughs> get your Faz on. Does this excite you at all? No, no, no. I'm wondering, is this more exciting for you than Civil War? I think I, I like X-Men better than I like the Marvel, uh, the classic Marvel superheroes. Is that yeah. just you being contrarian or do you honestly have more excitement around those characters? I, I do because growing up there was an X-Men cartoon. There was no Captain America or Iron okay. Man cartoon when I was growing up. Yeah, so I, think... I do feel like I know the X-Men better and can enjoy them a little more well you seem to have a very good background in it thank you uh for me uh i think there's too many characters there's too much stuff going on on the screen i I, maybe i i don't know i'm not anticipating it but i'm also not scared of it (laughs) that's good i'm glad you're not scared of it i mean jennifer lawrence is always pretty good and stuff i like james mcavoy i like fez i like oscar isaac I just don't know if I like them all together at the same time. We'll see. 
I, I like we're finally getting these bigger superhero films and they're trying to see, can we balance having this many characters on screen? Uh, I don't know. It's tough, man. It's it tough. is. But this is the only way we're going to get those larger storylines. So you need a bigger screen. You need one that goes all the way around like an Oculus Rift. <laughs> Virtual reality. Yeah. X-Men movie. Oh, I'm excited. Maybe next year we'll be able to preview right. that. Fair enough. Here's right. another movie. So that's that, May, right? That's all of May. All right. And uh, most of June. I don't think <laughs> we don't have much going on in early June. No, I, I noticed that. Like we just take a month <laughs> off from the movies. Well, in terms of my uh, level of anticipation, I would say that this is my most anticipated movie of the of the summer. Did I already claim one as my most anticipated? I think you should claim everyone as your most anticipated. I think that you're giving me a weird look like I already claimed that as my most anticipated. No, I'm pretty sure this is my most anticipated movie of the summer. And then it, it starts to wane after that. This is The Free State of Jones. And it is a period picture, a drama film, maybe an action also, starring Matthew McConaughey as Newt Knight. <laughs> a... Jones County, Mississippian, who joins forces with other farmers in that region and a group of fla- of slaves, a group of slaves to lead a rebellion against the Confederacy, and sort of uh, he rebel. These are Southern farm owners who are anti-slavery, who are against secession, and yet pro-union. There's a whole lot of contradictions there. Yeah, uh, this is. Directed by Gary Ross, who you might remember from The Hunger Games, and uh, Seabiscuit, and Pleasantville. That guy's got a wide-ranging catalog of movies. Also starring in this movie is Gugu Batara as Rachel. I assume she's one of the slaves. And Mehershala Ali, who was Boggs in Hunger Games, if you remember that character. He's also in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. He's starring in House of Cards also. A lot of swamps in this movie. Well, that's a lot of the swamps in this. That's this deep South, man. Oh yeah. And it's uh, as a period picture. I, I'm sort of looking forward to it. I also think that there might be some awards buzz that surrounds it, depending on its the quality. Given that there was so much backlash last year from having too many movies that weren't reflective of mm-hmm. the diversity that Hollywood likes so much. So uh, yeah. I don't know. I, to me right now, I feel like this movie is a step below in prestige of Birth of a Nation, which comes out in October for a Although, really far off preview. Yeah. And I do think these two movies are going to be competing against each other when it comes time right. for awards. Uh, it's got the pedigree, though, and it's got the backing as a uh, STX entertainment movie, whereas I think uh, free or the uh, Birth, of, Birth a of a Nation is an independent film. So, I don't know. I'm interested in seeing it. I just, I, I love this time period. I wish I were a buff. <laughs> you wish you were buff? <laughs> no, I wish I were a buff. That's a line from Seinfeld. Sorry that you don't know Seinfeld too well. Yeah, I'm unable to quote Seinfeld. I like... It was really a problem 20 years ago. I plan, I plan to see this with my dad. And I'm looking forward to it. Free State of Jones. That's what you're going to go see on the 24th of June? Yeah. You're not There's going nothing to... else out there. There's absolutely no other reason to go to the movies other than that. ID4, part two. <laughs> ID4. Independence Day, resurgence. What's the four? Independence Day. Was it always called ID4? Was it? Was I it don't the know. first one? Why would it? I always remember people referring to it as ID4. So now we have <laughs> ID4.2. ID8. ID8. Uh, this is resurgence. 
Roland Emmerich finally comes back after 20 plus years to give us the sequel everyone wanted. God almighty. Does not star Will Smith. They've already killed him off in the trailer, which is awesome. They killed him in the trailer? In the trailer, they've already shown that he dies. They had Will Smith in the trailer, though, right? Well, they're like, he's in that plane, and the plane crashes. But it was a suicide. I mean, I don't want to spoil the end of a 20-year-old movie, Independence Day, but wasn't it a suicide mission that he goes on? He doesn't die at the end when they're fighting against the aliens. It's a suicide mission that doesn't end in suicide. No, he lives. And he and okay. they tried right. to, get him well, to come back for this film. They were on. They were unable to get him. So hmm. he has a son in this movie who carries on and who fights with Liam Helmsworth. J- Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith's not in this either. Oh, okay. Uh, but you've got Liam Helmsworth who's taking over the role in here. He's the lesser of the Thor brothers. Okay, he's taking over the role. He, he's going to be the lead in this. Film. Oh, he's the lead yeah. of. Everyone else is pretty much from the original films: William Fincher, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman. Uh, Stella Ward, though, is going to be playing the President of the United States. I like her. Mm-hmm. She was always know. good on House. Is Judd Hirsch in this? I don't believe so. What? Sorry. Judd Hirsch with his giant sweaters? How do you not have Judge Hirsch? Or maybe... maybe yeah, you they, they might Judge have Hirsch. him as a cameo in this. Okay. Now I'm thinking about it. But apparently the aliens come back after giving us two decades to build up some defenses. They research. This looks like it's just going to be balls to the wall the whole time. Just some crazy uh, fighting sequences. Lot, it it kind of remind, reminds me of Star Wars with all those like TIE fighters and stuff flying around shooting each other. But this is cool because it's not Star Wars. So now I can <laughs> okay, enjoy so it. Now you can enjoy it. I got you. All right. Because I was watching the trailer the other night. I was like, oh, this looks a lot like Star Wars. Fair enough. But I can enjoy it because it's not Star Wars. So I'm happy. Well, that's good, Mr. Two Frame or Mr. Bull. You need to be having your enjoyments. There's Thank another you. movie that's coming out that I hadn't heard about on June 24th. Ah, so busy weekend. Ooh, it's a busy weekend. It's a busy, busy day. Have you ever heard of this Nicholas Carr guy? Yes. Nicholas Carr wrote a number of books that act as criticism of the modern world. This is sort of like a modern G.K. Chesterton of the Internet age. He wrote the book Utopia is Creepia uh, is Creepy. Utopia is Creepia and the big switch. And in 2011, he wrote a book called The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. Mm -hmm. This movie is not that. Yeah, no, this this movie's a little different. This movie is about a young surfer who clings to a giant rock 200 yards from shore while a great white shark circles around her. I don't know why I can't say shark. But it stars Blake Lively as not the shark, but the surfer. Yeah. Uh, This is directed by Juan Quillette Serra, who did Run All Night nonstop in the movie Orphan. And it's, uh, like I said, Blake Lively, pretty much it's just her in this movie. We last saw Blake Lively, I think, in The Age of Adeline, if you saw that. So this is All is Lost meets Open Water meets Jaws? It has the potential to be the best shark movie since Jaws. Uh, Deep Blue Sea was good only for one thing, which I'm not going to spoil for you, but a character appears in Deep Blue Sea and then he disappears. (laughs) Uh, This movie... I don't know. There's something that's really intriguing about it in terms of its being. I, I think I I've called this before a pocket a pocket drama, in the fact that it's in one location with a limited number of people, a uh, small set. You know, although this might be a large set, being that it's in the ocean or close to the shore. But either way, it's one person doing one thing. And I I looked up the term pocket drama, and 
it's apparently it doesn't exist. You've made it up. So maybe maybe I've made it up. But anyway, uh, yeah. So if I do a double feature on the twenty fourth, it's going to be the Shallows and uh, Free State of Jones. <laughs> My guess is I won't be able to see either one of them in a movie theater around here. But oh, I'm betting Free State of Jones plays in a lot of places. The Shallows, I, I don't know. I could see a lot of our students getting excited about this film. Because it's a premise that you can easily tell someone about. They get it. They understand yep. the tension. High concept. Yeah. So I like it. Uh, but I think I can move ahead to July now. Yeah, man. Because we can on skip July 8th, right. the best animated film of the summer comes out. Okay. This has my wife incredibly excited. This is The Secret Life of Pets. Mm-hmm. We've always wanted to know what Dalton and Taylor do when we leave them home. Right. This movie's going to tell us. Right. We saw a preview for this last year, and she loved it. I love it. Uh, has a ton of voice talent in it. Kevin Hart, Lake Bell, Louis C.K., tons and tons of people. Yeah. Uh, apparently, things go wrong when a uh, favorite pet's life is turned upside down because the owners bring home a second dog. Ooh. A big, slobbering idiot. That sounds and like... And they go on a bunch of misadventures together. Toy Story. Yeah. Oh, in a lot of ways. In dog form. I know exactly what happens when I leave the house with with my dogs. And that is? Well, I don't know. Whatever Tony tells them, they've never been left alone. <laughs> so they have no secret life. Aw. Yeah. You should take them to see this film so they'll know what, what they're missing. Uh, I'm looking forward to this too, man. Although I was also looking for Zootopia, and I never did see it. Did you ever go to that Zootopia? I have seen Zootopia. Okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Looking forward to seeing both of those movies. Yeah. Uh, this comes to us from the director, Chris Renard, who did Despicable Me 1 and 2, as well as The Lorelats. The Lorelats. Lorelats? Lorelats? What did you say? The Lorelats? Lorelats. Well, you had a whole the extra syllable in yeah. there. <laughs> the, the Dr. Seuss thing? Yeah, that's a chewy word. <laughs> the Lorelats. That's the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's a good pick. Yeah. Well, that's actually coming out July 8th, right? July 8th. And then we can skip ahead, I think, a couple of weeks. Because the next big movie that I'm semi-interested in is Star Trek Beyond. Science fiction movie, uh, you know, in the Star Trek movie franchise. I guess this is number, it's got to be in the double digits now of movies when you start adding in the uh, the next generation movies, I would think. I mean, that's, this is sort of a part, or number three of the new reboot. Mm-hmm. Starring Chris Pine and Zach Quinto and the rest of the Enterprise crew. There were some things that I liked in the last Star Trek, but I'm not really sure what they were. They revolved around, I think, the character of Simon Pegg. Who is the writer on this one. Yeah, and that that was my point I was going to make about this. And What makes me somewhat excited is the fact that Simon Pegg, who plays Scotty in the movies, is a big Star Trek fan, and he's uh, he's the writer, and I guess behind a lot of the creative changes that they're going to make. They, they claim that this is going to be a, uh, a new, I don't know, like a, a reimagining of the Star Wars or the Star Trek universe. But, you know, I don't know how much of that is just marketing. Or this seems to... a lot more action-oriented than the last two, and even the last one picked up the action quite a bit. I liked Star Trek Into the Darkness. I know you had problems with some of the plot devices that they used. I don't think I liked, I didn't like the direction. I didn't like some of the plot devices, but I also didn't like the cinematography and the direction. So I had some problems with the with the story itself that may or may not happen in this movie. But the director of this is Justin Land, and he's 
you know, big in the uh, Fast and Furious franchise. So he knows how to do action. And if that's the case, then this movie could, uh, he, it could be a sleeper hit. It could, And it's amazing that this is sort of a, a movie that no one's really, there's no buzz about it at all. Uh, nobody's talking about the new Star Trek movie that's coming out when you think about all the hullabaloo that surrounds other major movies of, you know, a franchise consider like Batman V Superman, all the marketing that surrounded mm-hmm. that, or even the, you know, the new star Wars, all the stuff with that. Um, I just, it's, it seems hard to imagine that this movie is kind of silently slipping underneath the radar and it might be, uh, it's kind of like, I don't know, the movie trope of the, of the halfway looking good looking girl that comes to the prom wearing a nice dress and everybody's like, Whoa, who's she? And, I, All of a sudden, she comes. I think that's what Warner Brothers is trying to do with this. Uh, about two weeks ago, there was a huge expo for movie theaters, you know, their owners and everything. I think they went out in Las Vegas and they were showing all the new trailers, and it was to gain all this interest for the summer movie releases. And there was no talk of Star Trek. Everyone was expecting a new trailer, at least like maybe a special cut, mm-hmm. just for these theater owners, and nothing was shown. Hmm. And they got some pushback, but apparently they're planning some grand event that's supposed to be sometime but, in May. Okay, it's going to drum up a lot of support for Star Trek. But we might be talking about in a couple months, like how this movie went off the rails, and that there were a lot of production problems behind the scenes that we didn't know about. Well, right? When away. is Comic Con? Wasn't that Comic Con's in May or June, something like yeah. that? I'd imagine that they're going to do something at Comic Con too. Hmm. I mean, that's what I would do, but. I wouldn't be surprised if there's been a lot of trouble behind the scenes on this. Okay. So just my thoughts on that. Big but question I, mark on Star Trek Beyond, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm excited. Uh, another movie that's a continuation of a popular film series is July 29th's Jason Bourne. This is the fifth film in the J, in the Bourne series, but only the fourth one with Matt Damon. Right. It tried to restart it with Jeremy Renner going different directions. Yeah, I think they were kind of hoping that they didn't have to pay the Matt Damon salary anymore, that they could just throw anyone into the role, something like, you know, a James Bond Mm. franchise. That didn't work out too well, so they had to bring back Matt Damon. They had to bring back director Paul Greengrass, who did The Bourne Supremacy and The Bourne Ultimatum for this. Uh, Looks really good. It's got Alicia Vikander, your favorite actress, Mm -hmm. Julia Stiles. (laughs) I don't know if she's my favorite actress. Oh, you you agreed to it. (laughs) Uh, She's up there. Tommy Lee Jones is back, apparently, doing films. Did he ever not? Did he ever stop? He seemed to take a couple of years off, and now he's starting to pop up in a lot of stuff. I just saw a criminal yesterday, and he's in there, small part. So I'm glad to see him doing films again. This is just the continuing adventures of Jason Bourne. Apparently, he's going to try and uncover uh, hidden truths about his past. Does he have memory problems? Apparently, more memory problems. (laughs) Memory issues. Matt Damon's looking jacked for this film. Okay. Like, if you go back and look at pictures of him in The Born Identity, he was very svelte. Ooh. This, well. you know, they just had that quick trailer shot uh, during the Super Bowl where he's got his shirt off, he's in the desert, looks like he's going to get into a fist fight with some guy and just knocks him out with one punch. Was this 20 years ago, the original movie? Or uh, The 15? original one came out in, like, 2004, I okay. think, something like that. Yeah, because now, I mean, it makes sense to get yourself into a movie franchise where you have to get yourself in shape and they're going to pay you millions of dollars to be in shape, to be in great shape. And you can afford to have, you know, a private chef and a personal trainer to come in and get your, 
button gear. Oh yeah, they're just business expenses like, now. Nobody's giving me that rails. much money to do that in my life. So if someone gave you twenty million, you would get jacked. I might be able to get off the couch, <laughs> at least. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm excited. This could do really, really well. Another yet another movie you don't hear a whole lot about. It's sort of kind of flying under the radar, and maybe it'll swoop right in. Part of the reason might be because of the the big movie of the year, probably the biggest movie of the summer, other than Captain America, Suicide Squad. This movie is a standalone movie that's not got, uh, I, I don't think there's any pre, there are any preconceived notions of the individuals that are in it. The exception, of course, being Joker. So a lot of people have um, an understanding of who the Joker is. And in this movie, he turns out to be uh, more of a protagonist. All of these are characters who are on the shady side of the law, but they're the protagonists in the movie in a sense, as far as I know. I don't really follow all the trailers. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention, but I understand there was a lot of positive buzz from the first trailer that came out with the Suicide Squad, featuring Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, uh, Jared Leto as the Joker. Will Smith is in this movie. Stars as Deadshot, Joel Kinnaman's Rick Flag, Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. Mm-hmm. Now, Jack Courtney, he was in the uh, the Runner movies, the Maze Runner things, or uh, di- the Divergent series. Yeah, same and thing. And he was also in Terminator last year. Oh, okay, I remember that name. Cara Delevingne is in this one, <laughs> and uh, Scott Eastwood is in this movie. But apparently, I don't I don't know who the what role he's playing. Yeah, they're staying really quiet on that. I so. think there's going to be some sort of twist. This is interesting because this features all villains, really. Right. I think there's going to be a cameo from Ben Affleck playing Batman, but these are bad guys who now have to work for the government, and the government's so mean to them that if they don't do what they want, the government's going to blow up their heads. They implant some sort of explosive device, forcing them to do their bidding, and they're mm-hmm. called the Suicide Squad because in the comic books, many of the characters die, so they're constantly bringing in new people. Right. So this seems pretty exciting, pretty interesting. This is kind of DC's answer to Deadpool from Marvel. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, this was in production long before deadpool well maybe not long before deadpool but i don't know if they were acting as a direct answer to it yeah i mean they've both I think they're long, expanding the universe expanding the universe uh dc a couple of years ago did an animated film with suicide squad and that okay. did pretty mm-hmm. well it was well received by critics and fans alike and i think that helped push it it forward well it's the dirty dozen for the modern era i like it who do you want to pick to die you want to have a Deadpool for the Suicide Squad? Yeah, I just I gotta look at more of what the characters' names. There's some guy who throws fire. He's going to die. All right, I, I, I'll give you the uh, maybe. Is it all right? I'll give you the names. I'll let you have first pick: <laughs> Harley Quinn, Joker, Deadshot, Rick Flag, Captain Boomerang, Enchantress, Killer Croc, Katano, El Diablo, and Slipknot. El Diablo dies. All right, I'm picking Killer Croc. All right. All right, so those are our picks. <laughs> if they both die, whichever one dies first in the film is the winner. Be fine if that's the way you want to do it. Well, we have to have a tiebreaker. <laughs> we have to have a tiebreaker. That's oh, fine. I thought you were going to take Slipknot. No, I, I just kind of want to. I don't like, kill, I don't like crocodiles. All right. So it would make me happy. I win either way if he dies. I think I'd like for Captain Boomerang to die, but I don't think they will because they're thinking about making a Flash movie, and he's apparently one of the big protagonists in the Flash universe. So there is another factoid for you, and that's August 5th, and really the box office gets pretty quiet for the rest of August. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So um, those are our 
most eagerly anticipated films. It's time, though, for us to play the game we play every time this year. The only reason you do the podcast, L-Train. Yes, the box office challenge. This year, we're picking seven films apiece. Woo, that's a lot of films. Bigger and badder than ever before, and we've agreed ahead of time for me to get the first pick of the draft. And because I'm taking the first pick of the draft, you get the Nets, too. Fair enough. And then we'll start alternating and then we'll go back forth and then we're going to do opening weekend so as far as we know none of these movies will be opening on us on a wednesday but if they do we don't get the wednesday thursday box office all right yeah makes me makes me a little scared that i screwed up somewhere so you never know first pick of the draft but we're coming in even because neither one of us know of a wednesday opening true all right so with the first pick of the bat grab draft as no surprise i'm taking civil war I got Finding Dory. Ah, I was hoping you would forget that one. And uh, Independence Day. Ooh. So now you get the next pick, and then we'll go back and forth. I get the next pick. Oh, oof. I will take The Secret Life of Pets. Hmm. I like the animated films. They normally show up strong. Fair enough. Ice Age Collision Course. Ooh. That's my third pick. All right. I didn't even have that on my board. Well, fair enough. All right. You take that. I'm you waste it. a pick on that wait, one. Wait, you have Secret Life of Pets, and who? what was your other one? Civil War. Oh, wait. So I've got three. You're, this is your number three, Mr. This T. This is my number Choose three. Choose wisely. <laughs> this is where you, I'm looking at my board going, will this drop? Like, there are some movies I wouldn't mind having, but I'd rather take a, a pick or two later. But I Just don't think it'll drop. And I realize this is Memorial Day weekend, so I don't get Monday, right? Right. No, you only get the first three days. All right. So I will take Etzman. Ooh, I think that's going to drop. All right. It's also got... All right. Uh, I'm not going to... I think that. I think that's solid for $50 million. I don't think that that's a bad pick. It's not bad. It won't be like last year when I took Magic Mike and got very depressed by how it turned out. I am... I'm going to go... I got to go Suicide Squad. I was hoping that would drop more. Yeah, I think that's actually going to be... That's going to rival Captain America for superhero-type action movies. Uh, Well, now it gets hard for... uh, And this is just opening weekend. (laughs) I don't know how many more times I have to say it. I know, I know, I know, but it's just... Just the opening weekend, Mr. Two Frames. Some of these I feel like could have legs. Others I'm like, oh, they could come out strong and then fade. Oh, I think I can wait another round for that one. I'll take Jason Bourne. I'll say that that opens strong. Wow, that's way down on my list. That's way down there. That's fine. Bourne is off the list. I don't think it's a bad pick. Is it the best pick, though? Wow. It's getting hard, though. It's It's much easier to comment on what other people are doing and laugh at it. The only reason I'm not picking that... All right, there's two movies left that I think are going to do well. And I have to choose between them. And the one that I'm going to choose is Star Trek Beyond. And it's because there aren't that other, there are no other really big movies surrounding it. That's my thought process on it. So I'm going number five pick is Star Trek Beyond. Okay. Ooh. Now again to the nitty and gritty. Yeah. That, and we're going seven. So if I take that, you'll take. All right, I'm going to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ooh, 2. The, right. the trailer for this next one has looked pretty strong. I think that there's a lot of fans. Wow, you're leaving that other one up there. 
I feel like I have to take it. I don't really want it. <laughs> I don't want this on my list, but I'm going to have to take Alice. Oh, okay. Yeah, Alice yeah. through the looking glass. And the reason I didn't want it is because it's going up against uh, X-Men Apocalypse in the same week. Yeah. But it's counter-programming, so. Well, you enjoy it. All right. Because uh, now it's down to the needy and the greedy. Yeah, now there are a couple here where I just don't know how well they're going to perform. But I'm going to say I've never gone wrong going pro wrestling, so I'm going to take Central Intelligence starring Kevin Hart Ooh, and okay. The Rock. That's not even on my list. I think that could open big. That could be the comedy right. of the summer. The problem is, is it the comedy of the summer because it does well for a month? Right. <laughs> or it, because it opens really big. Right. All right, now my heart. This is this your is, last one? Well, yeah, because all of these are exactly the same. And I, I got to try to figure out which one to take to get you from, stop you from taking it. <laughs> I don't think that, that one of these movies is going to do as well as everybody else does. And now it gets down to the needy and the needy. I want to have a wild card. Ooh. All right. I'll tell you what. I'm going to take... Uh, I'm going to take The Conjuring Part 2. <laughs> Not even on my list. But I'll tell you what. Did you take The Conjuring last year or something? I think I did. <laughs> that's my theory. That's that's the way that I, uh, that's my approach. I think it's going to do really well. Uh, okay. I'd like to see what, it, I mean, what are you going to pick? There's still you some the major films, some of them we haven't even talked about. Peach Dragon, Warcraft, Angry Birds, BFG, and Ghostbusters. Right. You don't think any of those movies are going to outperform The Conjuring 2? No. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Angry Birds is. Warcraft has the potential to be the biggest flop or a huge sleeper hit. And I was. I was actually because we're going to do a big flop too. Biggest flop. We're okay, going to choose yeah. that. So I. I assumed I couldn't choose both. You couldn't choose it twice. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I thought that it would be off limits. Okay. But that's fine. I, I don't need to choose it. Hundred two. Okay. Uh. So yeah. I'll, I'll take Ghostbusters. All right, I'll See, that, roll that the could dice. potentially be the biggest flop too, right? Yeah, I ha I have no idea. Melissa McCarthy, though, generally her movies open fairly strong. All right, well, I want to. I'm going to propose to you two things. We can pick a flop, and then let's pick a a movie that that will a sleeper hit, a sleeper hit that a low budget movie or a a movie that's going to make back a high a higher percentage of its uh, production than any than your pick. My pick will make back a higher percentage of its production than your pick. I don't even know how to say this very well. Okay. But I, I want to pick like a sleeper pick too. Okay. So you want to do... Uh, yeah, flop. flop. Let's go ahead What's and do What's going to be the flop of the summer? You pick first. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll say BFG is going to be the flop of the summer. All right. I don't think this opens well for Steven Spielberg. I don't think there's a lot of love for this film. I'm going to say Peach Dragon. All right. Uh, so we're both going old school here. BFG. All right. My sleeper hit, Lights Out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Well, Lights Out, because I tell you what, I've heard more kids talk about this movie than anything else. Any other movie, all summer, all year, I've had several kids come up to me and say, hey, you going to watch Lights Out, Mr. Lusk? Now, it may be that I showed him the short in class, uh, but I don't really know. I, I don't know why they're having so much buzz around it. And my, my problem with it is it might actually be operating under a higher budget than I expected. 
So it like it might spend. it might be like a ten million dollar budget. It might even be higher than that. But I think it'll make it'll make back. Uh, it'll be the best investment. So there you go. Oh man, that that kills me because I I was really hoping you weren't going to pit that though. I think deep down, as soon as I heard you start talking about it, I knew that's where you're going. Um, you know what? They couldn't have spent too much money making Mike and Dave need wedding dates. All right. I think that that's probably about a $10 million film, too. Fair enough. That could be a sleeper hit of the summer, so All I right. will take that. Very good. Uh, you want to give a rundown of your films? Yeah. Um, from top, well, from bottom to top, uh, Lights Out is my sleeper hit of the year. I got uh, Peach Dragon as my flop of the year. Uh, the Conjuring Part 2 is my number seven pick. Number six, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Number five, Star Trek Beyond. Number four, Suicide Squad. Ooh, that's a big pick at number four. Ice Age Collision is my number three. Independence Day, Resurgence, and uh, Finding Dory. And that's just one movie, Independence Day, Resurgence. I didn't try to sneak an extra movie in there on you, Mr. Tubray. Fair enough. Um, my sleeper hit is going to be Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. My uh, biggest bust of the summer will be BFG, the Steven Spielberg film. And what I'm picking to win the box off is my seven films are Ghostbusters, Central Intelligence, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 2. Ooh, say that again. Teenage, Min- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 2. But there's no Wait, secret. That is it is. a Part 2? Yeah, this is the second one. I thought there were like more than that. Oh, there have been tons of them. But okay. This is the reboot. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jason Bourne, The Secret Life of Pets, X-Men, and then I've got Captain America Civil War, Bring Me Home the Wind. <laughs> oh, crap. So uh, we'll know the winners on all this by the end of August. I think our listeners should write in and see what the challenges or what the punishment's going to be. Uh, I, you're, you're I was about to say me. physical challenge. <laughs> you're going to kill me. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll keep you abreast, people. All right. Uh, next week, we've got another We Laugh coming at you and a review of something. Hopefully, something we interesting. See what, Good yeah. Lord. we got to see what's out there. Yeah. We're so, hopeful uh, that Green Room's going to come out around here. Green Room, uh, we got uh, the other thing, the Midnight Special still maybe to see. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, Nixon and Elvis. Elvis Nixon. So we will have a, or something. We'll have a review for you next week, and Excellent. that'll be episode 142. So uh, there, there's no quote for the movie of the week this week, but, uh, you know. Quotes? We don't need no quotes. Quotes, schmotes. <laughs> uh, so for Mr. Uh, Bull over there. It's been a pleasure. I'm Mr. Lusk. Poxhead Bonham, everybody. There be dragons. Are you going to the movies this weekend? Let Laugh know what you saw. Send in your review by emailing the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweeting at the Laugh Podcast, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the Laugh Podcast. The best comments will get read on a future show.